One Hope Church. All right, good morning. All right, it's a privilege to be here with you today as we continue um, our study through the book of Genesis. And this morning we'll be, we pick up in Genesis um, chapter 11, uh, verse 10, where we left off um, last week. Um, but just want to give a, a minute of recap um, before we get into this this morning, uh, where we've seen already um, in the book of Genesis, the creation, um, the creation, the fall, um, Noah and the flood. And then last week, um, the tower of Babel, um, where we get all of our languages, uh, or at least the roots of all of our languages um, from. And so um, chapter 11 um, really gives us a lot of information about how our world is um, come to be what it is today with all the languages um, that we have and that it was, it was both judgment and a blessing. It was judgment in that the people would no longer have just one common language and be able to work together um, easily. But the blessing with that is because God um, saw, again, the hardness of, of human hearts, that they wanted to use that commonality, that they would use that commonality to work together, um, you know, for evil. And so, you know, God's intention for them was to spread out to multiply, to fill the earth, um, but that, that so that they would seek um, him. And, you know, we've talked about how, um, you know, a little bit of leaven or a little bit of yeast can, you know, work through the whole lump of flour, right? And so when they had that commonality, you know, evil would, you know, a small part of evil would work through the whole, um, you know, the whole of humanity. And so being spread out, um, help things not to be as bad as they could be. However, again, though, because of, you know, human selfishness, pride, greed, fear, you know, these basic um, attributes of our, our sinfulness, of our fallenness, nation wars against nation, ethnic group wars against, you know, ethnic group. Um, and people will find some way to be, um, you know, divided. Even now we're talking about um, with COVID and the blood types and how your blood type might affect part of how you respond, you know, to it. I was thinking the other day, I was like, you know, I wonder if everybody looked, you know, basically the same, but we still had different blood types. Would then people fight about blood types, you know, like, oh, positive unite, you know, sort of thing. We're going after the ABs, you know, here we go. You know, there'd be something, you know, humans will find a way um, to divide. And, you know, oftentimes the sad thing, folks, is, um, you know, there is a time and a place to divide. You know, not all division is bad. There's a time and place to divide when it comes to we're going to follow God or we're not going to follow God. And those who are going to follow God sometimes have to be willing to be separate from those who are not going to follow God. And we're going to see that in our lesson this morning with Abraham. But with humans, you know, people divide over all sorts of stuff that even in their, even though they're going to be united about not following God, 
hey, you know, people will oftentimes agree on that. Hey, we're not going to follow the true and living God, but we're going to divide and destroy each other about everything else. See, even if, even if there's unity on disobeying God, there's going to be division on how that, you know, rebellion against God takes place and what that looks like. Because the enemy's goal is always to divide and conquer. So I want to read um, just for a second here. Um, We'll pick up in Genesis chapter 11, verses 27, we'll read 27 through 32, because in those um, verses 10 through 26, you know, we have the genealogy of Shem, one of Noah's sons. And it says this, because uh, because Shem is going to lead us to Abraham um, through Terah. And so verse 27 says, this is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Then Abraham and Nahor took wives. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarah. Or Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarah was barren. She had no children. And Terah took his son Abram, and his grandson Lot, the sons of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, his sons, Abraham's wife. And they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll continue on in the story of Abraham and God calling out um, Abram to follow him. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. We thank you for your word and that it is truth and that it explains so much of our situation today and how we got uh, to where we are as a human race. We are thankful as we see it that despite all the sin and pride of humans and all the rebellion against you, yet you consistently show grace and mercy. You consistently make a way for people who want to follow you to follow you. And so we're thankful, Lord, for your grace and mercy and, and how you even call out people who aren't even looking for you. And God, your grace is abundant. You are merciful. And we are thankful. And help us this morning to learn more from your word. We ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, Abraham, Abram. We see Abraham is first called Abram. It's his you know, name before God changes his name. Um, I'm mostly just going to, unless I'm reading the scripture and it says Abram, I'm just going to say Abraham. Um, the New Testament does that. You know, even referring, you know, to Abram before, you know, even talking about his call or, you know, whatever. It's going to say Abraham you know, throughout the New Testament. So we're, we're safe to do that. But he is a central key figure in the, in the scriptures. He's not the central or the key figure, but he is one of them. Um, so we have his name um, 285 times 
in the scripture and even in the New Testament, 72 times, um, and depending on your translation, 72, 73, the name of Abraham. That's a lot. That's a lot of times we have the name of Abraham. So, you know, he's pretty important. We might want to pay attention to his life and what God does there. Now, just because of that, and, and he is a great hero of the faith, as the scripture tells us, that does not mean... He was perfect. Does not made, mean he ever made every right choice. Does not mean he didn't a- operate sometimes out of a place of fear. But the tenor of his life, the big picture, Abraham is a person of faith. And so we have to keep that um, at the forefront of our thoughts about Abraham. So let's read Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9, and listen to this. It says this, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And then Abram took Sarah, Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan, and Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the Terebinth tree of Morah, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram, and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him, and he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his, his tent with Bethel on the west, and Ai on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord, called on the name of the Lord. And so Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And so, you know, as Moses writes this here, he's going to tell us about the call of Abram and how God called him out, you know, to follow him and, you know, would do something great um, with him. And we're going to look at this step by step. It's interesting to note, you know, the name Abram, you know, meant exalted father. It seemed like, you know, he's he's coming from an important family nobility and that even his father had, you know, given him a name. It doesn't seem that he is actually the firstborn. Um, that's another conversation, but um, he's likely not the firstborn, but he has is given this high name by his by his father and it's probably you know i mean we would think in the sovereignty of god god worked out for his name to be this name um you know that he was going to be called for this purpose even though his family was pagan notice what i just what i just said there this is really really important abraham's family was pagan 
They didn't worship the true and living God. And I can tell you this for certainty because Joshua writes this, Joshua 24, beginning in verse 2, is verses 2 and 3, it says, And Joshua said to all the people, This says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the Euphrates River in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. But folks, do we understand how important this passage is? Do you hear what God says here when he says, you know, it's even Abraham's father worshipped false gods. And God called Abraham out to follow him, to leave those, to leave the, the gods of his father behind. Folks, if, if, if you, you know, it's really cool here in, in our church. We have people who are, you know, what it, it's not exactly, I don't think, a correct term, but it's a term we use. We say like a first generation believer. Now, that's not really accurate because if we go back far enough, even if we have to go back to Abraham or to Noah or whatever, we're going to find somebody in your line that followed God. So you can't actually be a first generation follower you but you of Jesus but you uh, of the true uh, first generation follower of the true and living God but you can be a first and a long time generation first in many generations follower of God and some of you in your in your households are that you can you you actually don't know going back you don't know of someone, you don't know the last of your ancestors that worship God according to the way that this, the scripture has, you know, God revealed this is how to worship the true and living God. And so you've set out on a new path, like in some ways, like Abraham, and now you, you're setting up future generations to make it easier for them to follow the Lord. And so some of you are second generation in a long time, third generation in a long time, followers of the Lord. But folks, in every family, there's going to be gaps with people not following the true and living God. And so somebody has to step in and say, it stops with me. I'm going to follow the true and living God and I'm going to to show by example and through through word and through deed that this is the path to take to give my descendants the absolute best opportunity to worship and follow the true and living God. So when some someone say 
someone says, and I don't care whether you're in the United States of America, I don't care whether you're in some other country in the world, I don't care what the cultural religion there is or what they believe. If they say, wait, I don't want, you know, you're asking us to leave the faith or the religion of our fathers. You want to know a great response to answer back? Why did your fathers leave the faith of their fathers? You know, why did your ancestors leave the faith of someone in their line who actually knew and worshiped the true and living God? You see, you have a chance to go and undo those wrongs. Not, not in, a, in a sense for those who have come and gone. You can't do anything for them. But you can undo this, what we're going to call the curse of sin, and, and, and keep that darkness from entering into a new generation. You see, and, and there are whole... See, see, here's the problem, folks. You know, that certainly the secular anthropologists, you know, say, you know, don't try to change anybody. And let, you know, don't try to, you know, you don't want to change anybody's culture. So wait, let me get this straight. A follower of the true and living God is supposed to intentionally leave people in darkness and believing lies in an effort not to change anything. Folks, all of our cultures have been changed. All of our cultures have been changed. Time and time again. And they will be changed again and again. Now, I want to be very clear on this. Because the things that don't have to do with the true and living God, we don't have to change. You know, we're not looking to change anybody's language. We want to have the word of God in their language. We don't need to change people's musical styles. You know, there's so many things. You don't have to change the types of food people like to eat. Oh, you know, <laughs> y'all like spicy food? Now that you're a follower of Jesus, it needs to be really bland. No, nobody's going to do that. Or, oh, you only eat potatoes? Now that you're a follower of Jesus, it's spicy tacos every Tuesday. Like, here we go. You know, like, I mean, you know, we don't, we don't have to change people's cultures and, and, and ways on the things that don't matter. But when it comes to Worshiping the worshiping the correct God. Hey, if 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 you were worshiping the correct God, wouldn't some wouldn't you want somebody to come and tell you, hey, your God's not real. Your God can't see or hear or do anything for you. He's made of stone or of gold or of silver. He has eyes that don't see. Let me tell you about the true and living God. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus today and you receive that from some other people in your family for the back, you see, somebody came to your ancestors and told them to stop worshiping false gods. Because even Abraham did not start off as a worshiper of the true and living God. 
Even Abraham, born in his father's house, was raised and taught to worship idols. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Abraham grew up in his home and was raised to worship idols. Think about that. And God calls him out. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Y'all get that? In you, all the families of the earth should be blessed. How is that? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 gives us the answer to that. But Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, there was obviously lots of people in between. Abraham and David. And... David and Jesus. But why are Abraham and David the ones that are mentioned? Well, one who was the called out in faith and the one who, who was promised in his seed, all the families of the earth would be blessed. So he fulfills, Jesus is the one who fulfills that promise that was made to Abraham. And through David, he's going he to fulfill the promise of the one who sits on the eternal throne. Because he is a king. He is a savior, but he's not just a savior. He's also a king. It's King Jesus. Now, what's Abraham's response? Chapter 12, verse 4 of Genesis. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. He, he, he had faith. And how do we know he had faith? Well, the Lord knew his heart, right? But for humans, what J- the book of James talks about, humans see the outward results. He was obedient and he went. Abraham was justified before God by faith as the book of Romans clearly teaches us. And that faith was impactful for the rest of us in obedience because we could see his faith through what he did. You see, and and this is always going to line up, folks. If there is true faith in the living God, there is then going to be evidence that is played out in the person's life. And that evidence is going to be what? Obedience. The evidence is obedience to God. If there isn't obedience to God, then there was never true faith in God to begin with. It's pretty simple. People get all sorts of confused. They say, well, this, you know, all these people say they're, they're Christians, well, they could, you know, just as easily, we could all just say, you know, we are the characters. We, you know, people dressed up last night for Halloween that they are Batman or 
Superman or Aquaman or whatever. Wonder Woman. But, you know, we would not be confused by that. We would be like, obviously, that's just a costume. Hey, I'm going to say something that is really important this morning. If people say they're Christians, but they aren't being, if, if there isn't a pattern, again, there will be sins, there will be mistakes. But if there is not a pattern and a heart's desire throughout life for obedience to God, then it's the same thing. It's just putting on costumes. It's just putting on costumes. Now, it's kind of, you know, again, depending on the, not all costumes, but depending on the costume for people to dress, you know, our kids, you know, all dressed up last night and all sorts of little funny things. And it's like, you know, that's cute. And it's great for a day, you know, sort of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But how sad for somebody to wear the costume of a Christian for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years and then die and go to hell. See, that's not cute. That's terribly sad. And, and we'll talk about it in our culture of the South. In the South, we have millions of people. And I, yes, I did say that with an M. Millions of people dressing up in costumes on Sunday morning or the occasional Sunday morning, as the case may be. But some who are there every time the door is open on a Sunday. And putting on that costume. But you see, it doesn't make any difference Monday through Saturday. So what is that? It's a life of perpetually putting on a costume on Sunday morning. Doesn't mean anything. Except for the person is under a delusion that they're okay when in fact they are far from God. That's got to be one of the saddest things. And it's in some ways it's more sad than the person that just worships a you know, hundred different false gods. Because they're so close to the truth. Sometimes they're carrying their carrying the truth around with them all the time. But just a few inches from the heart is all it takes to not be close enough. Do we get that? Now there's something else I want to talk about here. I want to talk about Lot. See, Lot had a choice. Is he going to go with Abraham or is he going to stay with his other uncle? Which way is he going to go? And 
and we got more we'll have more on him in future weeks but there he had a choice to make now same thing is true today people have a choice to make Okay, so when Abram leaves, he sets up a couple of altars. He sets up at the trees of Mora. The name means teacher. It's probably a place of cult worship. And there he sets up sacrifice and gives testimony to the true and living God. He does the same thing at Bethel. And it says, he called on the name of the Lord. Now some are going to translate that as preached or something similar, but in any case, Abraham is giving testimony to the people in that area of who he now worships. You see, he had to go and then he had to carry with him that new identity that God had given to him. He was going to be a follower of God and not a follower of false gods. He was going to make his sacrifice to the true and living God and not to false gods. He wasn't going to acquiesce. He wasn't just going to buy into whatever culture that he went to what the people did there at least not when he is acting out in in faith again there are times when Abraham fails we'll we'll talk about that we'll get to that it's not too long before it happens however when he's at his best Abraham is always stepping out in faith and he is being obedient, even if being obedient may cost him. And again, this is a test of true faith. See, in in our culture today, see, people don't really mind if you believe in God in a pretty general sort of way. You know, you can you can be at any award show, and that award show can even be like, "Hey, you got the, you know, award for like most audacious sin," on screen, and people will be like, "I'd like to thank God," and nobody will have a problem with that, except for those of us who follow the true and living God are like, eh, "Don't think that's a great idea there," because God wouldn't be pleased with what you did. But in a general way, it's okay to say that. But quote Jesus. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, and then see how many people are like, yeah, right on. That's cool. You do you. Uh Uh-uh. That's not happening then. 
because you crossed the line and that line was you went with the message of Jesus and you're taking it seriously. You see, you could even give part of Jesus's message. You can say, well, you know, Jesus tells us to love people. And people are like, okay, that's cool. We can handle that. That's fine. No issues there. But if you're like, here's what Jesus says about sexual sin, or here's what Jesus says about greed, but most importantly, if he says, here's what Jesus says is the way to eternal life, well, now you see you've crossed a bridge too far. Can I give you some encouragement this morning? Cross it anyway. In faith. Go across that bridge. Because we are responsible for what we tell people, but we are also responsible for what we don't tell people. You know, there's that phrase that's become popular today and, you know, there is a context for it, but, you know, silence is violence. Well, Jesus told us to go into all the world and make disciples, right? You can't do that silently. You're going to have to say something. But what is it? The scripture tells us when we know to do good and we don't do it, what is that? What does the scripture call it? Sin. Now, now here's the thing, folks. When, when it comes to following God, you see so many people bought into not the whole story, not the whole picture. You know, they were looking for some comfort in life. And I get that. And a lot of times that's enough for it to be real and then the Lord's going to change that person, you know, and we're going to, he's going to be step by step, right? Nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not knocking that in, in any way, but there are so many people who, when trouble comes, you find out faith wasn't real. Or when, when, when there has to be a, a decision of God's way or not God's way. You see, it cost Abraham because he had to leave the known to go into the unknown. And he had to leave the safety and security of the known to go into the danger of the unknown. And there would be danger, and we see danger in his life. See, God's going to call you out. Sometimes into the unknown But he doesn't do so without being right there with you as Jesus promised us. Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So you have to go into the unknown, but you don't go alone. Jesus is with you and isn't that enough. But too many times we want the comfort of the known. Again, faith and obedience are directly 
blinked. We need to tell everybody about the blessing to be had through Jesus as Abraham went out, so you too and I too must go. But remember that wherever you are called to be in the future, you are here right now. You are here right now. You see, and and this happens a lot of times, you know, when you know, we have a university here and, you know, we have students. And a lot of times, you know, when a student is getting close to graduate, they start thinking about stuff like, okay, I'm going to go to graduate school. If they go to graduate school, you know, plot of, you know, okay, I got into these different schools. I got to figure out where I'm going to go. Or I got these different job opportunities and I got to figure out which one, you know, to take. And it can be pretty easy just to only folk be, you know, have kind of already moved on. That might happen to some others too, who, you know, a job transition or whatever takes them, you're going to take them to a different city. It could be easy to move on, but wherever you are right now, if you're in some other country, listen to this message through the Facebook, then wherever you are, Right now. Yes, I did say the Facebook. I, I, I get y'all laughing. <laughs> that sound, I used the, you know, the older terminology for that. But anyway, just a little joke there for you this morning. But wherever you are, watching this, wherever you are is where you are right now. And, and that's where you need to be sharing until it actually is the day for you to pack up and physically move from that place. And sometimes we need to go back to where we have been. See, there might be people in the place that you came from that you still need to have some conversations with. And, you know, unlike somebody in these days would have been like, well, to get back there, it's going to be a three month arduous, potentially deadly journey. You have the ability to pick up a, uh, a phone. You have the ability to send a text. You have ability to communicate and to talk with somebody you know, from your past, from a different place and say, hey, here's what I should have told you. Maybe it's, hey, if I had known this, then this is new for my life. If I had known this, then I would have told you. But now I know this. And so I need to come back and tell you because I don't want you to be left in the dark. But there's still a going. See, even if you're right here, you see, our mission isn't like, I mean, yes, we want people to come, even people who are not believers, come hear the word of God, who are not followers of Jesus. Yes, you have a curiosity about what we believe. Come hear the word of God. Yes, that's wonderful, but that's not, that's a small part. We have the responsibility to go and to go might be to go next door. To, to go might be to go to your, you know, person you take classes with. Or the person you have a common, you know, activity or to a coworker. There's still a going because folks, this is the key with going. What is going? Going, whether it's 10 steps or a million, it's intentional. See, that's why Jesus says to go is you see, because go is intentional. It's not like just like wait. 
we have an active faith that we are supposed to be sharing with other people in this world. We don't just sit there and just go, wait. You know, sometimes people do come to you. People do come to your cubicle. People do come to your door and say, hey, I've seen your life and I want to know what's different. But we can't. That's not the that's not the method that Jesus gave us to be our primary method. That's what we call bonus. That's an awesome bonus. Whenever that happens, that is, I mean, amazing. But our primary has to be, we are taking the initiative. We're intentional and we are taking the initiative. It is our responsibility to go to the world, not the world's responsibility to come to us. Do we get that? We know where the responsibility to the lies. You want people who are in the dark to be the ones to try to find the light of the people who have the light to shine light into the darkness. What makes more sense to you? Well, it's clear what Jesus told us, go. This week, go. And some, I'm going to be clear on this, sometimes God asks you what he asks you, you're like, oh, that's not that bad. That's easy. Actually, I want to do that. Here we go. And sometimes what God asks you is, ooh, that's hard. Hey, but in either case, in either case, we need to be fully reliant on the love and power of God and not on ourselves. You see, if we rely on ourselves, that's just, it's just not going to go well. Because relying on ourselves is going to lead in one of two ways. Relying on ourselves is going to either lead to disobedience or to pride. Disobedience and not doing what you're supposed to do. And if you do what you're supposed to do, then you're going to be prideful about it. But being reliant, 100% reliant on God will keep you and me obedient and humble. Obedient and humble. And that's what we need to be. So may God help us in that and may God help us to step out in faith and to follow that example of of Abraham that when he was called, he went. He had to leave a lot behind. He had to leave the false beliefs of his own father behind and he had to follow the true and living God and may God help us to encourage be encouraged to do that and to encourage others as well to keep on following God whatever he may ask let's pray Heavenly Father we thank you for your word that it is truth thank you that you love us that you have called us. And just as with Abraham, you did not call Abraham just for his own blessing, but so that he would be a blessing to others, so that the knowledge and worship of you would spread throughout the earth. And Lord, you have called us for that same reason, that we would be a blessing to others. That more around the earth would call on your name. Help us to 
worship you in spirit and in truth this morning as we take the bread and the cup. Jesus, we thank you that you as well were called to leave your home to come to live among us and to suffer and die in our place. It was costly. And we are thankful for your love, dear Jesus. Please help us this morning, we pray, as we give you thanks. Jesus, as we remember your body and blood as we take the bread and the cup in remembrance and thanksgiving this morning. Please examine our hearts and help us to know your will and to do it. In your name, Jesus, we ask you.